is Jesus. Today we continue our sermon series of Faith Fundamentals as we journey along with our confirmation class exploring the foundation of our Christian and Presbyterian faith. And this week, they took a look at the person of Jesus, who Jesus was as an historical figure. What does it mean to consider the dual nature of Jesus? And who is Jesus as a teacher and model? Correct me if I'm wrong, Emma, but I assume that was a a stretch to cover that in an hour-long class. Yeah. (laughs) I would say it could be even more of a stretch for us to cover that in a sermon this morning, but if we look at our scripture from Hebrews, it's a good place to start. It's a passage that affirms for us that Jesus is God's son, but not only that, Jesus was also human. That means we can learn from his human life. It also means that in the heavenly realm, Jesus serves as a mediator for us because Jesus knows what suffering is like. Jesus knows what our human life is like. His life and death and resurrection are what make him our savior. So if we want to start with some classical theological statements, we might say Jesus is God's son, fully God and fully human. We might say that Jesus lived with and among us, teaching us how to see and experience God's presence on earth. We might say that Jesus is our savior, suffering and dying in order to bring us present and eternal salvation. And we could dissect or expand on any one of these statements, and in fact, people have for thousands of years. Who is Jesus? It's a big question with no simple answer. Because Jesus was and is all kinds of things for all kinds of people. And maybe you have an answer to this question, an idea of who Jesus is for you. I also imagine that your answer might be different than the person sitting next to you. So today, as we consider this question, I want to share with you who Jesus is for me. I most readily understand the ministry and the person of Jesus when I look at who he was and what he said around the table. So in lieu of a single gospel reading today, I offer you an interpretation of my own, a compilation, if you will, from all four Gospels. I'm calling it Jesus' Table. The people of God were looking for a Savior, and at just the right time and in just the right place, there was a man named Jesus, and he would be their Savior. But he was not what they were looking for. Because you see, not only was Jesus preaching and teaching the word of God, Jesus was doing something new. His ministry didn't fit in the walls of the temple. Jesus met the people out among them where they were. And that meant that a lot of times they were at the table. And not just any table. Jesus sat at tables with sinners tax collectors, the poor, and the outcast. The people no one wanted to eat with. The people we don't typically make time for. 
or if we are going to make time for them, we're going to need them to change a few things. But Jesus invited them to the table. Jesus invited himself to their tables. He invited them just as they were. Because at Jesus' table, there is room for everyone. And because of that, people's hearts and minds were transformed. They had glimpsed the mercy and grace of God. The people of God were looking for a savior. And at the table, they began to believe. They began to believe that Jesus might be that savior they'd been hoping for after all. But while some were looking for their savior, some were looking only to uphold the status quo. The legal experts and religious leaders of the time were unnerved by Jesus' ministry and his teachings and his actions, all of it. They weren't ready for something new, and they wanted to keep Jesus in line. So they invited him to their tables, and Jesus went. Jesus didn't shy away from hard conversations or conflicts, and at the table, Jesus demonstrated and taught what God's justice looks like. At the table, Jesus prioritized loving and caring for people. He called out hypocrisy. He pointed out laws that were outdated and irrelevant. He boldly proclaimed that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Jesus taught that God's kingdom would look a lot like Jesus' table. At the table, Jesus sat with his adversaries. At the table, Jesus sat with sinners and outcasts. At the table, Jesus sat with the poor in body and in spirit. Jesus had a way of preparing a table no matter where he was. As he preached and taught in the remote countryside, Jesus saw crowds of thousands. And when his disciples said, surely we have to send them away to find their own food, Jesus said, no, that's our job. With only a few loaves of bread and a couple fish, Jesus invited the people to sit. This was not a serving line. This was a banquet, and Jesus was the host. He blessed the food, he gave thanks, and the people ate. They ate until they were full, and there was enough. There was even some left over, because at Jesus' table, there is abundance. Jesus continued in this way for some time, preparing tables, staying and eating with friends, followers, and enemies alike. But the time was drawing close for his earthly ministry to end, and the night before his arrest, he found himself at the table one last time with his disciples. At this table, with the people he loved, Jesus created space for some hard things to happen. He had hard news to share about his coming death and suffering. He had hard news to hear, because even among friends, some who would betray and deny him, regardless of their intentions. At Jesus' table, he made room for some hard things, and then Jesus, the host, 
broke bread, and poured wine. And serving it, he said, this is my body given for you, and this is the cup of the new covenant. These things, this table, will be your reminder every day, at every meal, that I am with you always. It was hard for the disciples to hear and understand all that Jesus was trying to tell them that night. But at that last table, after washing the disciples' feet, after breaking bread with friends, betrayers, and deniers, Jesus showed them that at his table, he was the one who was serving. At that table, Jesus left them with one promise, that when all is said and done, they would be together again at God's table. The people of God were looking for a savior, and at just the right time, and in just the right place, there was a man named Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the person at the table showing us what God's radical hospitality, justice, and kingdom is supposed to look like. Can you see yourself at the table? Because if I take anything away from scriptures, it's the truth that you have a seat. I have a seat. We all have a seat at the table, no matter where we are coming from or what we bring, knowing that that will change throughout our lives and throughout our life of faith. Jesus knows our weaknesses. Jesus knows we fall short. Jesus knows all the things about ourselves that we don't. And yet still, there is a seat for us at the table. There is a seat for people that get it wrong and want to do better. There is a seat for people hung up in the ways that things have always been and need to see a better way. There is a seat for the weary. There is a seat for the hopeful There is a seat for the doubtful. There is a seat for everyone. When I think about who Jesus is and how it affects my life of faith, I think about the tables I find myself sitting at. Meeting tables where I work and volunteer. Tables in my home with people I love, but also people I don't always see eye to eye with. I think about tables where I have a seat and tables I haven't made it to yet. And I consider these, and my understanding of Jesus leads me to consider how I can make these tables feel more like Jesus' table. We have the tendency to make our tables comfortable, but extending grace and mercy often doesn't feel that way. So if I'm trying to make my tables feel more like Jesus' table, I'm going to have to make sure that there is space for everyone. If I'm trying to make my table look more like Jesus' table, I will know that hard things have to happen sometimes. I will ask hard and important questions. I will share hard and vulnerable things. And with that, my actions in return will show what radical love and hospitality looks like. 
at this table that I'm creating, that I am working to build, I hope that it looks like Jesus' table. And I will know that things might not go right, but there will always be another table tomorrow to pick up where we left off. Some people may choose not to join, but I will be the one who is ready when they are, and I will be the one who makes sure everyone knows that they are invited. If my table looks like Jesus' table, I can rest. I can rest in joy and peace that passes understanding because I can remember that there is always enough, even some to spare. Imagine the table that you'd like to see yourself at. We've seen God's mercy and God's grace at the table because it has been extended for us, for you and for me. We may find ourselves at the table in different seats, the seat of the one who asks for healing, the seat of the one who needs a change of heart and mind, the seat of the hungry, the seat of the perfectly imperfect. When we need help, Jesus draws us near and offers us a seat. No matter which one we take, Jesus' table is wide. At Jesus' table, there is room for hard things to happen. At Jesus' table, there is enough. At Jesus' table, there is a seat for everyone, including you, including me. And that, my friends, is good news. Very good news. Amen.